0: Hello and welcome to Pediapod for September 2019. This month, a potential neurobiomarker for neonatal encephalopathy. (music) Neonatal encephalopathy is associated with substantial morbidity and mortality and affects between 1.5 and 3 per thousand live-term births. In severe encephalopathy, neonates are at a higher risk of death and survivors have an increased risk of cerebral palsy and neurodevelopmental impairment. Neonates with moderate encephalopathy have an increased risk of significant motor deficits, visual and memory impairment and delayed school readiness, amongst other problems. Predicting the severity and outcome of neonates with neonatal encephalopathy is thus vital to provide the best care for these patients, and a biochemical marker obtained at birth would therefore be useful to bolster the current scoring system. Dr. Imran Nazir Mir, from the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center, is paediatric research's early career investigator this month. He's just published a paper testing the utility of two potential candidate proteins for determining the presence and severity of hypoxic neonatal encephalopathy, which also aim to understand these molecules' sites of synthesis and clearance. As is typical for our early career investigator episodes, I started by asking Imran about his education, which started in Kashmir.
1: So I was born and raised in the valley of Kashmir, which is uh, located between the Great Himalayas and the Pir Panchal Range in the Indian subcontinent. I went to a medical school in Kashmir, then came to the United States to pursue an academic career. I completed my internship and pediatric residency at Oklahoma University Children's Hospital in Oklahoma City. Then I obtained my fellowship in neonatal, perinatal medicine at University of Texas Southwestern Dallas. After completing my fellowship in 2015, I was recruited as a faculty member at UT Southwestern Medical School and I'm currently working as an assistant professor of paediatrics in the same institute.
0: And, and so is neonatal encephalopathy a big problem? I mean, how widespread is it and what are the ramifications?
1: Well, uh, you know, neonatal encephalopathy is also known as hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy. It's a devastating complication of birth asphyxia. It's defined by signs and symptoms of abnormal neurological function in the first few days of life in an infant born at or around term gestation. In this condition, there is uh, difficulty initiating and maintaining respiration.
0: Right, so it's, in, it's important to screen for the severity of this condition. H- how do we currently do that?
1: Well, currently clinicians uh, perform a standardized neurological examination using a scoring system uh, called Modified CERNA Scoring System. The examination is done at around three to four hours of life on units with evidence of birth asphyxia. Based upon the examination, the affected neonates are stratified into mild, moderate, or severe categories. It helps to decide about the management of these neonates. Nevertheless, this clinical scoring system is subjective and uh, likely to change over time.
0: So you were on the hunt then for a biomarker that would have improved our ability then to screen for the severity. Tell me about GFAP and UCHL1 and and why you thought they would make promising neurobiomarkers for neonatal encephalopathy.
1: GFAP is a cytoskeleton protein which is specific to astrocytes in the brain with no relevant extra cerebral sources. It is released into the blood upon astrocyte death. And UCHL1, on the other hand, is a cytoplasmic enzyme highly specific to neurons and neuroendocrine cells, and it's a marker of neuronal apoptosis released into circulation after neuronal injury. Both of them potentially can help assess the degree and severity of brain injury in neonatal encephalopathy due to birth asphyxia at birth.
0: Tell me about this study and what were your kind of main goals, what were you trying to find out?
1: Our first objective of this study was to determine the levels of GFAP and UCHL1 in uncomplicated term pregnancies and to know if uh, labor and mode of delivery modifies uh, their levels in the fetal blood. We also wanted to know what role does placenta play in modifying the levels of these biomarkers in fetal blood. That is whether placenta clears them from fetal blood or provides another site of their synthesis. And our final objective was to determine if circulating concentrations of GFAB and UCHL1 in the fetal bills increase further in pregnancies that are complicated by fetal hypoxia, asphyxia, and neonatal encephalopathy.
0: Tell me about the three groups of pregnant women
1: then that you used in this prospective study. Group 1 included non-laboring women admitted for a repeat uh, elective cesarean delivery in the absence of any pregnancy or intrapartum complications. Group 2 included laboring women who underwent spontaneous vaginal delivery in the absence of any pregnancy or intrapartum complications. And Group 3 included pregnancies that were complicated by perinatal hypoxia, asphyxia, resulting in uh, neonatal encephalopathy.
0: And then, so what was the process then in terms of getting your samples of these prospective uh, neurobiomarkers?
1: So immediately after delivery of a neonate and before the delivery of the placenta, a segment of intact umbilical cord was double clamped, resected, and blood was separately withdrawn within one to two minutes from the umbilical artery and the umbilical vein in separate plastic serines and samples were allowed to clot centrifuge and the serum was then brought to the lab and stored at minus 80 degrees centigrade until we decided to analyze them.
0: In terms of your results then what effect did the type of labor have on the circulating levels of, of GFAP in the umbilical cord blood?
1: For GFAP, GFAP concentrations in the umbilical artery of blood increase substantially in the presence of uncomplicated labour and vaginal delivery.
0: Why is it useful to know that GFAP is a sort of a naturally
1: occurring chemical in a,
0: in a healthy birth?
1: That kind of tells you about a biomarker that, okay, you have to take into consideration the fact that uh, the levels of GFAP will be moderately increased in the presence of labour. So. When you are uh, uh, studying a biomarker for any pathological process, if we don't know the effect of, say, in this case, labor on the synthesis of uh, GFAP, we might get varied results.
0: And you also asked the same question, didn't you, of um, the other potential neurobiomarker, UCHL1. What happened there?
1: So for the UCHL1, the circulating levels of uh, this uh, neurobiomarker, on the other hand, you know, um, uh, in the umbilical cord blood were unchanged in the presence of labor and vaginal delivery.
0: What was the effect then of birth asphyxia and neonatal encephalopathy on these circulating levels of these chemicals?
1: So the umbilical arterial concentrations of GFAP were significantly higher in pregnancies that were complicated by birth asphyxia and moderate to severe neonatal encephalopathy. On the other hand, the umbilical arterial blood uh, levels of uchl one were unaffected by fetal hypoxia and neonatal encephalopathy. And also the umbilical arterial levels of UCHL1 and the umbilical venous levels of UCHL1 were not that different from each other, thereby telling us that either placenta is also Mm. making this biomarker, it might not be specific to brain, or it's produced by the fetus but the placenta is not clearing it. That was interesting, and it actually, we did not anticipate that uh, you know uh, the UCHL1 will uh, uh, be so non-specific in our uh, three groups of pregnant uh, women.
0: So it sounds like all this all this evidence is pointing towards GFAP as being a potentially very useful biomarker for fetal stress.
1: That's correct, and um, what we found was obviously GFAP is of fetal origin, obviously produced by the astrocytes in the brain and the placenta is a possible site of its clearance.
0: When do you think that people in the clinic could start using GFAP as a neurobiomarker of the severity then of this condition?
1: I hope that uh, after our results are replicated in other studies, uh, we should see the introduction of GFAB as a biomarker for neonatal encephalopathia and its severity in uh, near future. There are some studies, uh, uh, you know, uh, that are consistent. The data is consistent with our finding. But I think it uh, needs to be studied a little bit more. And once the studies, once the results are replicated, uh, I see that in near near future we should be able to use GFAB as a biomarker for neonatal encephalopathy.
0: That was Dr Imran Nazir Mir from the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center. And that's the end of this month's PediaPod. There'll be a new episode for October, so we'll see you then. I'm Jeff Marsh. Thanks for listening.